Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 7, along with The Walking Dead World Beyond, and our recommendations on Hawkeye, King Richard, Nash Bridges, Elves, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, just like me and my friend Debbie, who is back to talk about all of this. How are you, Debbie? Hola, chica. I'm doing great. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We've had a lot of fun over the years. Yes. Oh, boy. Have we ever. <laughs> yeah. And we have a lot of fun here, too. Okay, Debbie. Oh, in this episode, we see some walker deaths. So I got my wheels turning, and I was wondering about all the walker deaths we've seen throughout the whole universe. The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead. All of it, the world beyond. So in thinking about that, I wanted to know what your favorite Walker deaths have been. Gosh. Well, the first one that comes to mind is, um, I think it was season one. Um, Rick was just out of that hospital running around. I think he kind of runs into Morgan. He was on a bicycle. I'm I'm just trying to remember. And that one woman in the park on the grass, half of her body was gone and she was just struggling and, you know, and he wanted to put her out of her torture, I guess. Yes. But really a, a real impactful one was the <laughs> the big fat one in the well, that water-sogged zombie that was in the well. That was so gross. Yeah. So those those two immediately come to mind. Those are cool. Oh, thanks. What about you? There are so many Walker deaths that have been so cool. And I was just thinking earlier when that one Walker got uh, entangled underneath in that car. Remember the guts and everything? Oh, yeah. That was really a good one. (laughs) That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, when Carol has that big explosion happen at Terminus, all those Walkers go flying. (laughs) And there's the clothesline one when... Rick and I don't know if it's Michonne and someone else are driving those cars and they yes you on know, both sides of the freeway yeah, yeah and they get all those yeah. walkers there's so many good ones and then the so fire many. truck yes and they were all up there and they had the water hose yep that, that was- one's comical it's <clears throat> yeah. so funny even some of the ones where they drive over them are a crack up yeah and you know <laughs> they splatter everywhere yeah some really good ones but I have to say I think my favorites. Or one of my favorites is when Michonne, like, sliced a bunch of walkers, like, all at the same time. She was just, like, slicing just went on one after the other. It was just so cool how she did it. And then she did it, like, repeatedly because she was just, like... Yeah, she was in the middle, right? And they were all circling yes, her. She was going yeah. back and forth and yeah. left and right. Yeah. And I think that was the one where her friend had come back and then the her her friend oh, and the kids. Oh, yeah. And so I think it was flashing. It was doing a little bit of flashback. I don't know. I remember it was like a hard to watch episode also. But I just remember thinking how badass Michonne is. And of course, you and I have talked about it. We would love to be Michonne. Oh, yes. Anybody. It'd be like, no, we want to be Michonne. We just love her. She's so cool. Yes, she is. Okay, friends out there, we want to know what you think. Out of all the Walker deaths you've seen, what is your favorite? 
let us know. You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens or wherever you're listening to us now. Leave us a message. We would love it. You can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our website. The links are in our show notes. All right. So episode seven, Portrait. Oh, I cannot contain myself. This was my favorite episode this season so far. From catapulted walkers, again, favorite deaths, to thrown out portraits, Strand's arrogance, his poisoning, Morgan's desperation, and Grace's great timing. Oh my God. And then Alicia. Wow, wow, wow. What did you think of this episode and what stood out to you, Debbie? Well, this is crazy. We are in such polar opposites. I... I thought this episode was pretty cheesy and weak. It was entertaining, but cheesy and weak. Victor is cray-cray, but I do love Morgan. And I couldn't believe that Victor tossed that picture. And yes, I'm happy Alicia was also seen. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, so you say Victor is cray-cray. Well, you know, he... He's just, well, he's pretty complex, actually. Um, he's, a, he's a narcissist, and he wants this artist to try to depict what he thinks the people see him as, but she can only see him how she, you know, as an artist, she sees him. Right. Um, and then when he's poisoned, he, you know, is lashing out and trying to figure out who's poisoned him, and he, he was just crazy, and then wants to take the baby and use her as collateral, and and then... The other people calling in. I mean, he's so left, right, left, right. Yeah. But I, I just didn't find a common ground with him. And then he's afraid of Alicia, but he's in love with her too, but not, you know, yes. uh, romantic love, but yeah. respectful love. Yeah. So I he just drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why do you love Morgan? Oh, well, Morgan has always um, just stood on his highest principles, always is looking out for the best and will suffer and just jump in and not even thinking about his own welfare. Yeah. But, and still he wants to have a community for everyone. He does. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. Even, I just even, want, even though he's the one who poisoned I know. Strand. So I know. that was quite a shocker actually. Yes. I agree. I, I actually thought June had done it. But um, so I was like, yeah, Morgan, right on. You know? <laughs> but no, I, I, I just always love Morgan, Morgan's principle and his um, integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just wanted to hear what you had to say. <laughs> I totally agree. Oh, yeah. And, and you had mentioned the catapulted walkers. A couple of the scenes when they panned out, I'm like, boy, that is really a long distance for those walkers to fly up to whatever floor they were on. But I, I still love it. I loved the idea of the catapulted walkers. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And especially the one hit the window. And what I really loved was both of them responded and yes. it looked so real. It did. And that, and that just shows what great actors they are. And I thought, man, they really did that well. So for their acting ability, I thought that was great. Oh, and then another thing that, you know me, I'm always <laughs> picky uni on things. That group, the group. Um, the, Arno. And, Arno. Uh-huh. I'm like, here we go with another group name. So I, I thought that was just kind of silly. And then how do the words spread about all of these groups and their reputations? I mean, it, it's not like 
there's any radios, although they do have the walkie-talkies. But anyway, it's, it's just crazy. And then I had a feeling that that portrait wasn't going to be acceptable, even though I thought it was pretty good. But Cray Cray Strand throws it over the side of the building. <laughs> okay, and then one last thing that really touched me with Mr. Uh, Victor Strand was when Morgan had gone down the elevator shaft and he was holding the baby and he was talking tenderly, speaking tenderly to her. And I thought, oh, it was really touching. And he was saying he was going to be her new pa and, you know, what the future held. But I thought, oh, it was touching. An interesting elevator shaft scene. I found it totally unnecessary, though. I don't know why they didn't take stairs or there has to be other elevators in that Mm -hmm. huge building. I'm not quite sure the importance of that elevator scene. But anyway, what about you? What what do you what do you think of? Well, Strand and his portrait. (laughs) It was so interesting to see his reaction because it was a beautiful portrait when he, you know, the woman was clearly talented. But he didn't like what he saw. And it was funny. But before the portrait was revealed to us, I said out loud, it's the devil. (laughs) (laughs) No, I laughed. (laughs) And then we see his reaction. And it is shocking. And he says, she doesn't see me. And then earlier in the episode, he said, don't paint what you see, but who I am, (laughs) what I've built. But unless she's a mind reader, which I think you kind of said earlier, (laughs) You know, I'm not sure how she was ever going to do that. I mean, she's basically set up to fail. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, that picture was thrown from the tower. But I thought for a minute he was going to throw her over. I really did. I I thought he is just, you know, you just don't know. You don't know what what strand you're going to get at that moment. That's what I mean. Great, great. He, yeah. (laughs) He's so callous. He's pompous. He turns everyone away at the very beginning, one after another. And then Morgan comes, he turns him away. But Strand realizes that no one really sees him. So he has Morgan retrieved, which I thought was really interesting. Because it wasn't until he realized that no one saw him the way he wanted that he decided he wanted Morgan back. So is it because Morgan sees him a certain way? Is it because he wants him to get Alicia? Because he wants to have some feedback from Alicia? I don't know what it is, but he's not being fulfilled somehow, one way or another. And he also believes Morgan is the one person that can bring Alicia to the tower. So he wants to use him in that regard. Oh, so when he's poisoned... Okay, so... Debbie, this is the part that was so interesting to me. And this is why I say this was so good, because I felt myself at the edge of my seat. (laughs) Like when those catapulted walkers came against the glass there, I didn't know what happened. And then all of a sudden you see Morgan and Strand react, like you had said, and they were like kind of scared. And then it happened again. And then it came through the glass. And then that guy calls and you're like, oh, is it... Are they uh, exposed? Are the walkers exposed and to nuclear radiation? And so I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? So I think that's right when it started for me. I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? And then when they're on the roof and they have that exchange and then he starts throwing up. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> because it isn't like we knew he was poisoned. Right, right. We didn't know what was yeah. happening. And he's, And I thought... What's happening to Strand? 
you know, and then he's poisoned. And then all of a sudden you wonder who poisoned him. And I thought that was cool because we didn't know who poisoned him. So I think that's why I really like this episode because it left me guessing and I wasn't expecting certain things to happen. And when that happens, it excites me and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> it was like playing the game Clue. Yeah, exactly. Who, Who did poisoned it? Strand. Yeah. And to see him paranoid and lashing out oh, or, yes, yes. or telling, oh, you have this reason and you have this reason. And I just thought it was actually kind of comical in a way that he tells Wendell, you know, he thinks it's him because he had turned his sister away. And Wendell's <laughs> all, what? What are you talking about? And then Morgan tries to tell him. And I just thought that was so revealing. I love that. Like, I just loved every moment after another. And that's why I was so excited. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that is what excited me so much about awesome. this episode. Oh, and like you said, well, first, Strand says, I'm not your papa. I'm Victor Strand in the beginning. And then in the end, he says to baby Mo that she has to get used to her new father. Yes. And I'm like, what the? Mm, man, <laughs> that was crazy. I didn't I didn't like it. I don't like it at all. Can't be doing that, Strand. <laughs> okay, oh, Debbie, yeah. what else stood out to you in this episode? Well, some of the flow. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed that they glossed over this apparently supposed attack by Grace and whoever helped her. You know, how, how does she miraculously have it together to pull a team in and get rid of uh, Arno, and, Arno his and his group? So I, I thought, oh, gosh, okay. That was convenient. So that kind of bothered me uh, a little bit. But um, Well, she didn't really get rid of Arno. But a lot. Well, she, I guess she came in and attacked and they ran yeah. or they, yeah. they went away and stopped bombing or stopped yeah. throwing yes. catapulting water. Yes. But I just thought, oh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit of action. So I, True. You know, yeah. So anyway, that, you know, that's what I was thinking. Oh, and then when they were about ready to oust Morgan over the side and then grace called in the nick of time i thought that was pretty interesting and i was like whoo because they were so close to just chucking him over i know and i love morgan so he can't he can't be chucked i know he can't be (laughs) chucked although he could be like a ninja when he lands on there he could land on his feet like a cat something i don't know So I think Morgan has to make so many choices in this episode, tough ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. So baby Mo is sick, right? And June has the skills and medicine to help. So he goes to the tower and asks Strand for help, which, if you think about this, cannot be easy. No, no. I mean, Strand tried to kill him, and they've just had run-ins. And I thought, man, you're... But the thing is, Morgan cares about his daughter i love that he calls it his daughter yeah. by the way baby mo and so he's willing to do anything yeah he yeah. is and that just like you had said earlier about why you love morgan so much and which is the reason i love morgan so much too is that he cares about his people so much which reminds me of rick yes the way morgan yep. is is the way rick is mm-hmm. too and i just love that quality mm-hmm. about uh people who are selfless and and want to help their family and their friends and do the right thing as much as possible as yes. much as possible because yes. it's not always it doesn't always yeah. go like you planned but you 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 still try and stay true to that yeah yeah and if you do have to kill somebody 
it's a one-off. It's not like, oh, I killed somebody. Now I can kill everybody. No, it's something that you've come across and maybe it's somebody evil or wicked or preventing your whole group from being saved. And that has to happen in this in this particular world. So Morgan poisons Strand, which was shocking. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't walk away. He could have killed him so many times, but he does have empathy for people. And then he tries to get Strand to trust people, <laughs> yeah. which was funny, right? Because yes. we know he poisoned him. At the all yeah. the time, we still didn't know. <laughs> But he keeps coming back and he calls June to help. He just could have just left, thrown him off the edge so many times. And I don't understand why Strand didn't think about that. But but of course, Strand's all, oh, my God, he tried to kill me. And that's all he can think of. And everything is just washed away. And um, But see, Morgan does care what people think. And he mm-hmm. does care about what Alicia thinks. Yeah. And that's why he didn't off him. And, oh, you know... Baby Mo, is she is so freaking cute. When he was standing at the phone calling in the beginning, her little face, the way she looks <laughs> yes, at him. Yes, yes. And even when she was being lowered down, the way she looks at everybody and, and the thing. Just yeah, she's her, adorable. Just her goo-goo gaga ways. She's just so freaking cute. I'm like, who is this actress? She's so good. <laughs> yeah. So I really like her. And I've really noticed that. You know, like when they had Judith as baby, she hardly did anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they would ju- they would have her there, but there wasn't that much interaction. Yeah. But I feel like this baby has had some time on screen. So I think that that's really cute. Yeah, she's very responsive. I also really liked Grace, even though we only saw her for a little bit. I felt that she really took charge of that phone call. Oh, yeah. First, she got there right on time. But she's not panicked or worried. She's she's. She knows what she wants to say to Strand. She's calm. She's cool. She's collected. And she knows what she brings to the table and what her value is and how she can help, which is what she makes a deal with with Strand to save her family. And I love that Morgan tells her, I'll find my way back to you. Yes, yes. I thought that was so cool. Me too. And then, of course, at the very, very end, we get to see Alicia, which was so cool. Yeah. Okay, Debbie, do you have any other thoughts or tidbits about this episode? Of course, I sure do. (laughs) Um, So as in some of the other episodes, it is kind of annoying with this masks on, masks off situation. But um, when Morgan uh, walks, and goodness knows how far he's walked, and then hooks up, up, sees Sherry and Dwight, and finds out that they're, they're camping with Alicia. And then for these walkers to have followed him, they must walk pretty fast. <laughs> so I thought, right. how could those walkers have gotten there so fast? Yeah. So yeah. But then again, I still love the story and all. So um, of course, the walkers had to get there to have it move forward. But I get it. Yeah. yeah. So. And how much radioactive material is in that rocket head anyway? And how many walkers could they fill it up? Could they fill in their little tummies or the cavity? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how big it is, but I thought, this is crazy. They were catapulting them, and then a few of them followed Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we'll let it slide. <laughs> what about you? you have any tidbits, extra tidbits? Well, the thing about the... Um... 
the radioactive walkers. The thing that annoyed me was when Morgan noticed they were the ones, right? Because they're bulging yeah. bellies and yells, don't shoot. And they shoot I anyway. I, I agree. I hate that. Yeah. I'm like, come on, people. Here comes the red cloud. Why? And then why don't you put your masks on? If a red, if a cloud's coming towards your way, wouldn't the first thing you do is put on your mask and just not yeah. start running? Well, you think they'd be used to it by now. I know. Exactly. <laughs> mask on, mask off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but the things that, um, the little tidbits that I wanted to bring up was Howard. He seemed a little worried with how Strand was acting. Yes, he. I noticed that too. That's right. So I thought, thought, ooh, this is a little uh, break. I mean, even though he does save him when it comes to Morgan choking him on the edge there of the elevator, he does come and point the gun and, you know, makes him release Strand. But I do kind of like that he's questioning him when he was questioning him at the very beginning about why he was turning everybody away and how they need certain yeah. people to grow yeah. it. And then he could see his paranoia Oh, because I think Strand even wondered if it was him. He's all, I've been with you since with you since the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I think it just goes to show you how paranoid Strand was, which was a good thing to see yeah. because he's, yeah, really over the edge there. And he does give good advice by saying to Strand, if you kill Morgan, he you will create a martyr. Oh, yeah. Yes. And the myth is will outlive the man. And I thought that was really cool. Also because it saved our person, Morgan's life. I'm all, thank God. But it was true. It was so true. So it made sense. And I really, really liked that. And then we talked about how Wendell found out about his sister. And uh, I'm glad we finally got to see Wendell. I didn't think we were going to see him. Yeah. I didn't even know he, if he was really there and if, if uh, Strand was just saying he was there. So it was kind of good to see him because yeah. we haven't in a while. And we got to see a lot of the cast. We saw June and we saw John Dory Sr. and Dwight and Sherry and Alicia. So mm-hmm. it was really good to see all these people. Oh, my gosh. When Victor was lowering Mo down to Morgan, I was freaked out for her. <laughs> Because those walkers are all like stretching out. I'm like, ah! I would just, oh my God, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't. That was like, that was like, I I was feeling like it was, you know, a bait, one of our, ba- it was true. It was real, right? <laughs> Debbie's laughing at me. <laughs> I can't help it. I get you so. You this episode. I know, but I just, ah, this thing's just killing me. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. I was a little surprised to see June's response and reaction to Morgan because... Wait, was she saying that to Morgan or Strand? No, no, to Morgan because she says... He's basically saying, like, why are you here? This is how Ginny was running things. And she says, but she knows what she's getting here and it's better than out there. And then he says, but that's, you know, like John Dory left because of that. And she goes, yeah, and look where that got him. I'm like, what are you talking about, June? So, you know, while I understand she needs a safe place to do her work and she wants to help people, I don't know. I don't like that she turns her a little bit of a blind eye to what Strand is doing. Yeah. So if Strand kills Morgan, you're still going to be okay with staying there and helping him? Yeah. 
It and I know she said, and I didn't understand this part either when she tells Strand, "Don't use me and my medical skills." I didn't understand that either. I'm like, what? Did we miss <clears throat> yeah. something? Did they cut out something that we don't know what she's talking about? I'm not exactly sure what she was referring to. How he used her medical skills. So yeah, besides sure. trying to get him to survive. But so if anybody has any ideas, yeah, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then at the end, Strand now wants the painting that's all, like, mangled. Yeah. It's only partially his face on there. I don't know. I liked it now. I'm like, great, okay. great. I tell you, it's yeah. great, great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Debbie, we are at our segment, and the award goes to. So, please tell me, what was your favorite quote, <laughs> character, or moment? Actually, there were many. But one of my favorites was when Alicia stepped out of the tent. You know, she had her hood, uh, hood yeah. over her face, etc. And then pulls it over and she sees Morgan and he's looking. And then he busts out with a nice smile. And she says, oh. Morgan, you look like shit. And he replied, well, I'll be honest with you. I feel like shit. I just thought that was really cute. And I, I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that little smile of his, too. Yes. It was cute. He looked honestly so yes. happy to see yes, her. Yes, he did. Yes. What about you? Would you where, what's your fave? I want to give it to Strand. I want to give my award to Strand because... Actually, I want to give it to Coleman Domingo. That's who I want to give it to. <laughs> because he's extraordinary. Really. You can despise him one minute and feel sorry for him the next. True. When he told baby Mo, no one looks at you the way he does. My father, he barely looked at me. I hope you don't walk through this world alone. That really hit me it, for him. I thought, oh my gosh, he's really revealing to us a part of him. Yes, yes. And that is what Victor is feeling alone. Because why would he say that? Mm -hmm. And he asks Morgan to find Alicia. And Morgan wonders why he doesn't look. And he says, because I don't think she would want me to find her. And his voice is like quivering. I swear that moment just hit me hard. I was like, and I felt sorry for him for like half a second. <laughs> well, no, I did too. I thought it was touching, you know, as I said earlier in yeah. that little conversation with Mo. Yeah. I thought it was going to change because, you know, like you're like, oh, now we understand you, Strand. <laughs> but then no. Then he tries to go and kill Morgan again. Yeah. And we're like... Oh, God. So, but yeah, I just think he's awesome as this character. Oh, he's very good, yes. And uh, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed the episode, <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. It may not have been your favorite, but yeah. I know you liked I, it. I did. I do. I love them all. They're yeah. just, some of them like, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That wraps up our conversation on Fear the Walking Dead. Let's move on to The Walking Dead World Beyond, Season 2, Episode 9, Death and the Dead. Oh, my God. And I know I keep saying that so much on these episodes, but that's what I have to say about them because it was so freaking exciting. And we have one more episode to go. The Bennett's plan moves forward, and Huck has to make a choice, and Jadis seems to be one step ahead and moves the gas. We see Percy is shot and killed, and it appears Dennis succumbs to his wounds. And I felt so bad for Iris 
And But I did love how Hope came to this realization about everything. It's like she she just really came to know it the way Hope sees it, right? Because I think they were a little bit at odds at how they viewed everything. And so I think she finally sees how Hope and the rest of everyone sees it. And she was just about to act on it and kill that dude. And then Iris steps up to stop her. And it was so good to see these two sisters really support each other. And did you notice that Elton, I felt like from the last episode to this one, he's grown so much physically. I mean, he really has matured. I'm like, oh my God, are you growing by the minute? And I really loved seeing all all of the young people have grown and matured emotionally. Yes. Yeah, it is funny that you mentioned that about Elton. I thought the same thing. There was one scene when it was like a shot of him from below, and I thought, oh, he looks like a a, a man almost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. Because, yeah. you know, when he started, he was such a boy. A boy. And, yeah, I, I agree. Like yeah. a young man. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> What were your thoughts, Debbie? Oh, just a couple of brief. Um, I just, you know, Jadis has never been my favorite, but boy, she's another one. Uh, she, her acting is so excellent, and she is such a good bad bad guy, bad gal. Yeah, she she's just really, really good in this part. And, and I'm sorry, Dennis, he's my movie love. Uh, now that Rick's out of the picture, uh, I'm. It just was sad that he got injured, and then he ends up dying, and. Yeah, it just made me so sad. He's so hot. <laughs> and then I was sad Percy was killed as well. And and yeah, it's good to see Jen or Huck uh, step up and make things happen. But yeah, it was a good episode. I liked it too. Yeah. Yeah, really good episode. Oh my gosh. Fear the Walking Dead, the Walking Dead world beyond. You've been so good. Love it. Whew. Okay. Moving on, Debbie, I want to know, besides these shows, what else you're currently watching? Well, you know, me and my Christmas shows. Mm -hmm. Well, I happened to, I think I was sewing or something, and I see this movie. It said Elves. So I said, oh, okay. So (laughs) quickly read it, and it said a family goes on vacation and off to this island. Well, this show is pretty good. So it's a Netflix miniseries. There's only five episodes. It came out this year, 2001, and it's Danish with English speaking and English subtitles. Even though sometimes the words that they're speaking don't match the subtitles, but that's kind of fun. Yeah. But um, I don't think anybody in America knows these actors, but it doesn't matter. It's still uh, pretty, pretty entertaining. This family goes on a holiday in a secluded island. Well, the adventures on this island are are pretty good. Some of it is a little bit predictable, but it's freaky and crazy and um, very entertaining. So um, anybody who likes a little bit of gore and a little bit of cute little elves. Oh, my goodness. That are dangerous (laughs) and uh, want a little bit of uh, quick, you know, a quick uh, Christmas elf movie. Yeah. That's for you. I love how you find you you watch a lot of foreign films, which is awesome, yeah. right? Because there's know. a lot of good ones yeah, out there. You know, I was thinking that too. I'm like, oh, Diana's going to laugh because another foreign film. I don't it's know okay. how that happens, but it it knows what you're watching it, oh, and it yeah, offers up that's more. True. That must be it. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind them. I I don't mind the subtitles. Although if I'm busy doing something, I'll, I'll have to wait and watch it. Uh huh. Exactly. 
And then, um, oh my gosh. So I'm reading this book um, from this radio DJ, Richard Blade. He was a Southern California DJ. His name was Richard Shepard. And then his radio name was Richard Blade. And he is just full of energy. And and of course, it's when I was a, you know, a teenager to, a, you know, a young mother from the rock and roll to the 80s. And his book is great. Well, he was talking about one of the movies in a movie he appeared in, which was called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. So it's 1985 on Prime. And boy, cutie pies, Sarah Jessica Parker and Helen Hunt are adorable in this film. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And their little 80s hair. And, yeah. But they were so cute. Uh-huh. And um, Richard Blade is on it as a radio DJ, mm. uh, music host for dancing or something. And I don't want to tell all of it because it's actually fun. It's a f- fun, romantic teen love story. <laughs> and, of course, the songs and the, the 80s look, if if. People love enjoy that. Oh, yeah. 80s. I knew you would love this one. Love the 80s. So, I probably saw this, but I don't remember it. Well, me too, probably. But you've got to watch it again. Because it, it's a fun, it's a feel-good, fun movie. But yeah. seeing uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Helen Hunt as young young girls. Yeah. You know, they're skinny and young yeah. and fat <laughs> cheeks. And <laughs> so, which, which uh, shows have you watched? Oh, so I started Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. So Hawkeye, of course, is part of the Marvel Universe Uh with Jeremy Renner reprising his role as Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. And then Haley Steinfeld plays Kate Bishop, a young archer and Hawkeye's number one fan. And together they must defeat the enemies to get home on time for Christmas. It's fun and it's perfect for the holiday season. Oh, I'm Add that to my list. I think there's supposed to be six episodes, and I think it's supposed to end right before Christmas. So tune in and watch that. Uh, As far as movies, I saw King Richard on HBO Max. Will Smith plays Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena Williams, tennis icons. Oh, I want to watch this. Yes. It is so interesting to see how he brought up his girls. And he had a plan prior to them being born, and good thing that they liked Dennis because they had to follow this plan. Richard is tough, strict, focused man, and doesn't really listen to others. But raising daughters or children, he kind of has to, you know, (laughs) give way a little bit. It's a really good film, and Will Smith gives such a great performance. And John Bernthal, (gasps) who plays Shane on The Walking Dead, played their coach, and it was a completely different character. I loved seeing him because I've seen John Bernthal in other movies. You know, he's kind of plays that Macho, guy. Yeah, that yeah. kind of rough guy. Yeah. He is completely different in this, and he's all mild-mannered, and he, he you know, is always trying to get uh, uh, Richard to do what he wants so that he can... He's always trying to help be on the side of the girls and, and voice for them to get things done. And and he really is trying to get them to be tennis stars. But Richard has his way. It's like, nope, doing it this way. Oh, nope, boy. doing it this way. And it's so interesting. I mean, I believe they're raised in Compton and they, they're they raised in a certain um, area. And so it's a tough area. So he has to be 
tough in his beliefs and what he wants to do to get his children to rise above this environment that he's in. So while he's tough and I don't agree with everything he said, I also get some of it being a parent because I don't think he ever does it to be, you know, mean to his daughters or to be, uh, although it turns out that way sometimes. But I know that in real life, uh, Serena and Venus watched this before it was released. They wanted to watch it to see how, you know, I guess their father was portrayed. And I think that they were fine with it. Everything was good. So it was was a good movie. Interesting. Yeah. So I really liked it. Um, I just love all the actors in it. So it's good. So I would recommend it. So let me ask you a question. The movie title is called King Richard. Mm -hmm. Do they explain that title? No. Hmm. Not that I recall. Okay. I don't remember, and I don't know why he's called that. Maybe they called him that because he always did things his way. (laughs) He would not go with the norm. Like if they said for her to be a tennis star, she has to do this, this, and this. And if he didn't want to do this middle part, he said, I'm not doing it. No, but everybody has to do that. Nope, not doing it. But do you need to do this? Everybody, does. nope, not doing it. I mean, he was just like had a vision, right? Wow. But that's sometimes what happens with famous artists of you know musicians and actors, and they're going to do it their way. They're going to do it their way. Some people, I mean, not everybody does it work out like that, but some people just have to do it their way. So you know, it's great for huh. them. I want to watch it. So the last thing I want to bring up is Nash. Bridges. The there's a movie on USA Network. Don Johnson and Cheech Marin cool. reprise their roles as San Francisco detectives. It was pretty cheesy, <laughs> but I had to watch it because the original series aired in 1996 through 2001, and moi was an extra in this these TV shows a couple of times because I lived near San Francisco and I used did to I go down that? that. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I you probably must forgot. Have. You know, I've always been your biggest fan. <laughs> I <know. laughs> so I thought, oh, I have to see this. We have to watch yes. it. So we watch it again. Like I said, it was super cheesy. <laughs> but the highlights to this were Don Johnson, he's still great. At what he does. And he looks good for a guy. I think he's in his 70s. He looks really good. Cheech Marin is Cheech Marin. He's, oh, yeah. he's a great sidekick. Yeah. But I, what I really want to say is San Francisco looks amazing, looks beautiful. It shows, you know, everything that you should see in San Francisco. So people that don't know what San Francisco uh, has, have never visited it watch this because you will just see it in its all its glory it's just a beautiful they really highlighted the city in a great way mm-hmm. they got it on a good day and everything <laughs> and then there's some cars in here that are cool so just for nostalgia reasons i had to watch well, it i'm gonna watch it so that's on usa network Okay, Debbie, I want to thank you for joining me today and for your insights and for your recommendations. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. 
We'll be releasing a new episode this month on Spielberg's West Side Story, so you can look for that. Other than that, we'll be back with The Walking Dead when it returns in February 2022. You can find our website listed in our show notes. Happy holidays. See you next time. Bye. Bye.